son therefore shall make you free, he shall be freed indeed. We'd like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for August 28th, 2011. And today's study will be somewhat of a continuation of last week's study. More so going over current events and things of that nature that relate to the possible, the, uh, well, the inevitability of a, the dollar collapsing, the economy collapsing, uh, the ushering in of the New World Order, the possibility of disclosure, and the technology that would actually make that happen. Um, this is going to be looking at more current events related to that situation. And um, before we get started, I uh, wanted just to address a, uh, a couple different issues. I've had this one guy that I've mentioned before that, that has attacked me um, regarding um, saying that I'm lukewarm and that I'm a reprobate and, and these types of things and, and accusing me of all manner of, of evil uh, without substantiation based on the way that he perceived I should react to him from a biblical standpoint. Um, the man is a lunatic, and he's, he's insane, essentially. And now he's putting up videos up about me on the internet, and he's really his own worst enemy. I mean, because I'm just going to read you the excerpt of the first couple paragraphs of this. And normally I wouldn't even address something like this, and you don't hear me do this a whole lot. Every once in a while I'll address if an, there's an attack leveled against me. Um, the Bible said, blessed are you when you're persecuted for my sake, for great is your reward, that type of thing. I'm not really saying that this fits into that particular category, but we should expect, um, if we're taking a stand for the Lord Jesus Christ, if we are trying to stand for the truth, we should expect to be attacked. We should expect to be persecuted and reviled. And primarily that attack is going to come uh, most of the time through false brethren, which is what we're dealing with here. And the thing is, is, Another reason that I wanted to mention this today, there are so many insane people now that claim to be Christians, and it's only getting worse. And they all have their own little pet niche agenda. Okay, we're going to look at what this guy's agenda is, just as an example, okay? But I get emails all the time, what about this guy? What about this lady? What about this guy? And, and you know, a lot of times there's just no possible way for me to keep up with all the heresy. But a lot of times it's very easy to identify um, if somebody's speaking truth or lies. You look at what their um, what their their main doctrine is about. What is the biggest thing they're emphasizing? What is the thing that they anchor their ministry on? Now I've told everybody, don't follow me. I'm just a man. I can fail you. Um, follow the Lord Jesus Christ in His Word. Okay, and, and the Bible says, Cursed be the man that trusteth in man, and that, and that maketh flesh his arm, and his heart departeth from the Lord. Jeremiah 17.5. So I'm not telling anybody to follow me. I'm not here to build the cult of Scott Johnson. That is the last thing on the planet that I want. Okay? But there's a lot of other people out there that that's what they do want deep down. They want to have their own little cult following. And they want to, and a lot of times what they'll do is you can listen to their Bible studies or you can listen to their teachings and they sound pretty good on the surface. Wow. I mean, you know, I didn't really, and then it's like kind of like baiting you in. And then eventually you get to the point where you realize there's some major doctrinal errors 
with their theology. But many times at that point, because you've actually sat under a given person, you've started to become spiritually blinded to matters that normally you would have been able to see from a hundred miles away. Uh, this example I'm going to be talking about today is, is a very flagrant one, right up front. He's right out in your face with it. So this is a rather easy one to expose. There's a lot of other ministries that are much more subtle in the way they go about things. And uh, I have exposed several in just comparing Scripture with Scripture regarding these types of ministries. Um, this particular guy, Daryl, um, has been just trying to dog me for years. You know, and, and originally, from what I can recall, he sent me a letter or, or an email blasting me about how I'm lukewarm and I'm this and I'm that, and that he is Elijah, the prophet. He is the restrainer of Second Thessalonians chapter two. He is Michael the Archangel. So I'm thinking, wow, I mean, where do I sign up? I mean, I'm going to buy into this guy's theology hook, line, and sinker. I mean, this guy, like I said, he's his own worst enemy. He really is. Um, it's really pathetic. I literally, after he blasted me, I blasted him back, essentially, because the Bible says when you see your brother overtaking an heir, go to such an one in a spirit of meekness, lest thou also be tempted. When I get somebody blasting me with both barrels right off the bat, and I don't even know you, don't expect me to be Mr. Loving coming back to you, because there's no scripture for that. Okay? I'm not saying you go and, and you cuss at them or anything like that, but I mean, you know, if somebody's going to start out totally unbiblical, then they need to be rebuked right off the bat. Well, we've had several exchanges. I have tried to help him, okay? I have made attempts to try to... Uh, I have made attempts in the past, and again, I don't have the emails or the letters right in front of me. I get... Hundreds and hundreds of emails per week. And a guy like this expects me to drop everything. And because I don't drop everything and, and, and uh, um, accommodate his every little whim, then I become the bad guy, I become the heretic, and I become Mr. Devil Boy. Okay? Uh, he's not at the head of a ministry like I am right now, where I'm getting bombarded hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of emails per week, trying to get these teachings up, trying to do this, trying to do that. Um, and it's not like I've got endless amounts of time to devote to people, okay? But I have, in the past, tried to entreat him and try to help him. He typically will come to me either blasting me or humbling himself to me, and as far as I'm concerned, all it is is false humility. Going so far as to even send me this package recently with all these pictures of himself and this and that, but still proclaiming that he is Elijah the prophet, he is the restrainer of 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. And he is Michael the Archangel. And I falsely, the, the big thing he'll put up in me is I falsely accused him of being one of the two witnesses. Oh, sorry. Sorry, I thought that was one of the titles you took on earlier. <laughs> I can't keep track of all your titles. He has another one that he says he is too. I forget which one it is. I don't want to say anything though because I don't want to speak um, anything that he's not openly admitting to. Okay, this is how cults get started. Somebody will focus in on one little small portion of scripture, and that becomes literally almost like their God. They're, they're, they're the scripture that they're going to just zero in on, to the exclusion of the rest of the Bible. 
And that becomes their mantra for their ministry. And then what they'll do is they'll go in and they'll reinterpret things in the Bible or they'll misinterpret them. Typically it's always misinterpreting some other scripture in the Bible, which supposedly proves his point. In this particular case, he's obsessed with the restrainer of 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way, which is the exact verse we're in reference to here. Some people say that it's possibly the Holy Spirit. He goes, and his big thing is proving that that's not the Holy Spirit. Okay, maybe, maybe he's even right about that, okay, to a certain extent. I'm not here to argue or belabor that point and to build a an absolute, total, dogmatic doctrine about that one thing, that it has to be the Holy Spirit, and because it's not. He says, it's Michael, the archangel. Okay. He claims to be the restrainer. He claims to be Michael, the archangel. <laughs> and Elijah, as well. Okay, Elijah the prophet, the restrainer. He claims to be all that wrapped up into one, all rolled up into one ball. He, I mean, this guy has got no shortage of ego here, okay? No shortage of vanity. Can you imagine, as a born-again Bible-believing Christian that got saved through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, all of a sudden coming to the epiphany that I am Elijah? So you're reincarnated. Wow! That's pretty amazing, because the Bible says it is appointed unto man once to die, and after this the judgment. You know, I mean, I understand, Elijah was taken up on the chariot. Okay, but I guess he's come back in, embodied in this Daryl guy. That makes a lot of sense. Most likely, the two witnesses of Revelation, from a biblical standpoint, I believe would be Enoch and Elijah, because they were the only two men in the New Testament that didn't die. They were taken up. Okay, They have not lived out their earthly life yet. So, from a biblical standpoint, I think it would make a lot of sense that they were the two witnesses. Now, we could sit here and argue about that all day long, too, as well. Okay, um, I'm not going to make it the absolute central focus of this ministry. The central focus of this ministry is trying to be a watchman, trying to warn people about the coming deceptions that are coming upon this world so that we're not destroyed for lack of knowledge, not straining at a gnat and swallowing a camel, as the Bible says, about some little tiny uh, piece of doctrine that we could sit there and blow all our times on, which is what happens with these cults, these Christian cults. And I'm not just focusing in on this one guy that we're in reference to. I'm focusing in on a ton of them because I get a lot of emails about things like this. Well, this guy claims to be this. He claims to be one of the two witnesses. This guy, and I mean, you know, this guy's claiming to be more, he, he's about one of the worst I've ever seen. I mean, Elijah, uh, Michael the Archangel, uh, the Restrainer, and then one other thing too, I think. I mean, we're talking some serious, serious delusion here. But it's very, very prevalent there is so much leaven in heresies in almost all the ministries that I'm encountering now. Um, it, it's, it's almost impossible to even put, post a link, linking to another ministry, without getting blasted back by somebody anymore, saying, yeah, but do you know they believed in this? No, I didn't. I'm sorry. I don't know every theological point that they may embrace. I, I, you know, I, I'm sorry. There's just no way for me to know it all. I'm just a man. Like I said, I can fail you. I'm not perfect. I admit that. I'd be the first to admit it. And as I've said before, if I got what I deserved, I'd get death and hell. 
Okay, but I just want to read you the first couple paragraphs of what I'm being, some of what I'm being accused of. I mean, you, you name it. I'm probably responsible for uh, JFK's assassination in this guy's eyes. I mean, even though I wasn't even born yet. But anyway, um, Scott Johnson from ContendingForTruth.com is a lukewarm Christian. He's a reprobate to every good work. He won't obey Jesus Christ, nor does he want you to obey the gospel of Christ. This little lying devil accusing me of all of the thing, very things that most likely he's guilty of, which is a sign of an accuser. What is, what is Satan? He is the accuser of the brethren. Notice right off the bat, that's all that he's doing, is leveling accusations against me. This is like an insane demon-possessed person leveling accusations against another Christian. And then he goes on to say, this is evident by what he teaches by example. He's a false teacher and teaches contrary to the gospel of Christ in his sayings. So, if Scott is such a powerful Christian soldier, as he openly boasts of being fired up, listen, when did I ever say that? When did I ever say, I'm Mr., I'm the man, I am a powerful Christian soldier. Notice all of the, of the unsubstantiated accusations. And the Bible says, if you have a beam in your own eye, look not at the speck in your brother's. Okay, that is what we call hypocritical judgment. When we can judge, when the Bible says, he who is spiritual judgeth all things, and Jesus Christ said, judge righteous judgment, is when we've removed the beam from our own eyes so that we can see clearly. That is when we do judge. Okay, And if we didn't do that, then heresy and false uh, wolves in sheep's clothing and lukewarm reprobates would just flood the church. Huh, isn't that kind of what's happened to the church right now? I mean, if you go into the modern day 501c3 corporate church, isn't it full of that pretty much? Yeah, because they, they aren't judging righteously. But from the pastor on down, they've all got beams in their own eye, for the most part. I'm not saying all, and I'm not saying all churches, but I'm saying for the most part. In a typical lukewarm church in America, which is all I really have to compare to, that's what the norm is. Beams in their own eye, and then when you have a beam in your own eye, anything goes in the church. I mean, you're going to let anything happen, pretty much, because you're not even going to see it. You're blinded to it, okay? So, let's, let me ask you, uh, after we read this next sentence, let me ask you a question, if you think he's got a beam in his own eye. So, he goes on to say, um, so if Scott is such a powerful Christian soldier as he openly boasts of being fired up about spiritual warfare, then why does he put his tail between his legs, and run from Elijah the prophet, who he says he is, and the restrainer. So he that's his title, Elijah the prophet and the restrainer. The guy is a lunatic. He's a, he's a madman. He's insane. I'm sorry, but the guy's nuts. And then he goes on to say, if there was any doubt about the last statement, he says, I am the restrainer. I Am like when Lucifer, you know, remember in, in, in Ezekiel when he said, I will ascend into the sides of the north, I will be like the most high. Very, very similar to that line of thought. And you're telling me this guy isn't totally taken over with vain pride and deluded and blinded by it? Why would I want to dialogue with somebody such as this? He says, I am the restrainer, I am Michael the Archangel, and Elijah the prophet. I mean, he is the Lex Luger of the spiritual world. He is the total package, essentially. He's all these things in one. It's not enough for him to just be Michael the Archangel, or Elijah the prophet, or the restrainer. No, 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 no. He's everything, wrapped up in one. 
And he basically teaches that when he is removed from America, that's when basically the tribulation, I believe, is going to start. That's when the Antichrist will come, because that's the context of 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. When the restrainer, he who now letteth, will let until he be taken out of the way. Well, when he's taken out of the way, meaning when this guy dies, this Daryl guy, then that's when all the things are going to start happening with the tribulation. He is that deluded and full of pride that he would actually go there. You talk about no fear of God. You know, and I'm, I'm sure he's going to come back and, and just try to lambaste me and do this, and I really don't care. I'm not running from you, Daryl. I'm not afraid of you or any of your ilk. Any of your ilk. Please let me make that clear to you. Anyone that thinks I'm going to run from them or be afraid of them, listen, whatever we're, we're facing in the future is going to be far less, far more horrific than anything Daryl or any other person can bring to the table. I guarantee you that. But to be accused of all these things, and, and for it to be, you know, it's just, you get to a point where you just don't want to um, uh, ignore it anymore. You want to address certain things. And every once in a while I have to address certain things like this. I don't do it every week. In fact, I don't a lot of times do it every year. Because I don't want this to get into the vein of me defending myself. Okay, but in this particular thing, I think with the accusations being leveled against me, I needed to say something. And then he says, um, I am their strainer, I am Michael the Archangel, and Elijah the Prophet. <laughs> I'm reading right off his webpage, right off this video. And, and again, he's written this to me in his own handwriting, he's, you know, it's not anything he's going to deny. He says, I can prove this with the King James Bible, but Scott is too cowardly to enter into a debate with me. Why in the world would I want to debate with a demon-possessed lunatic? Dude, you need, you need to be delivered of whatever is possessing you, because you are demon-possessed, if you believe this. And how in the world could the Holy Spirit dwell within somebody that would claim to be all these things, unashamedly, unabashedly, for year after year after year? This is how cults get started. I, and again, this is just a great example, and I say this to, say, to give you an example of one of the more flagrant, if not the most flagrant example I have ever seen in my life of a wolf in sheep's clothing, of a heretic. And then he says, he lies and says, I claim to be one of the two witnesses and calls me pathetic and delusional. He only lies and falsely accuses his own brethren. You're not my brethren, Daryl. You're not my brethren. You need to get saved. I pray to God your soul be saved, if it be possible. But that pride, that you, this, this spirit of pride and delusion that you're under has so blinded you to the truth that, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's possible. I don't know if your conscience has been seared with a hot iron. The Spirit, the Holy Spirit, capital S, according to 1 Timothy 4, 1, speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits, and doctrines of devils speaking lies in hypocrisy and having their conscience seared with a hot iron. If there was ever a proof text for you, Daryl, that is your text, man. You are giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. You're speaking lies in hypocrisy. And your conscience, it appears, has been seared with a hot iron. And you don't even know it. That's what's scary. And I am rebuking you sharply because I'm commanded to do so. And I'm going to give you the scripture 
where, um, where that occurs. So let's go ahead and look at some scriptures that relate to this subject, because these are scriptures that aren't commonly taught in the churches. It's all taught, oh, judge not lest ye be judged. Okay. Well, that's a big reason why the church is in the shape that it's in right now. Because there is no righteous judgment which God loves. God loves righteous judgment. Because there's no righteous judgment, the lands are becoming lawless. The churches are becoming reprobate. The land is being defiled with innocent blood. There's the, the laws that are on the books protect the mothers who want to murder their babies and destroy them. The laws on the books protect the sodomite, homosexual, bisexual, transsexual devils that want to go and impose their will on us and shove their, really what it boils down to is their false religion down our throats. So the land is being defiled. Romans 16 verse 17 and 18 says, Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them, which is what I'm doing, Mark them which cause division and offenses contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned, and avoid them. For they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly. And by good words and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. That's something that we need to be doing, but it's not done a lot. And I'm not saying my listeners, but I'm saying overall, throughout ministries. They go, oh, I don't want to step on any toes. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. Well... It's a big reason why we're in the shape we're in from a Laodicean Revelation chapter 3 church standpoint. Lukewarm. They're neither hot nor cold. They're lukewarm. So, again, we're supposed to mark them. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 4, 15 and, uh, 4, 14 and 15, Alexander the coppersmith did me much evil. The Lord reward him according to his works. I did a teaching on Ed Watson. I called him out by name. I'm calling this guy out, Daryl Potts, by name. Okay, he, they've, they've both done me much evil. The Lord reward them according to their works. That's my prayer for them. Okay, My prayer is, hopefully, they could get saved. Okay, If it be possible, I don't know. I mean, that teaching I put up on Ed Watson, I mean, my word. I, you, you just go up to the, uh, the uh, comment section on that teaching. It's not my, I mean, man, the cat's out of the bag on Ed Watson. I have had so many people email me and thank me for doing that and post comments on their own specific experiences they've had regarding him. And it's without exception, condemnation. The horror stories regarding that man, unbelievable. And so, you know, I've done this in the past. I don't try to... um, I want to focus in when it's a personal attack on myself. But every once in a while, I've got to do that. And it's really for the sake of others that they don't fall into the same trap that this particular minister is putting out there. Because people like the people that I'm describing will lie. And I mean, there's nothing they won't do or say. They do not have a conscience regarding certain matters. And they can come off like they're the most sincere, wonderful, godly people on the planet and just be totally deceiving you. So, Alexander the coppersmith did me much evil. The Lord reward him according to his works. Well, what about judge not lest he be judged? Well, he's judging righteous judgment here. 
Okay, and it's and it is scriptural to judge righteous judgment. And then he goes to finish by saying, "Of whom be thou aware also?" Meaning, beware of him also, for he hath greatly withstood our words. I mean, I'm sorry, but anybody claiming to be Elijah the prophet, Michael the archangel, and the restrainer, that by itself would negate anything they could possibly bring forth. Why would you sit yourself under somebody like that in a Bible study forum when you know that they're basically demon-possessed, totally delusional, and, and totally blinded? Why would you even look at anything they would set forth? Well, that's a good point. Second Timothy 4.10 For Demoth, Demas has, hath forsaken me. Again, being called out by name, having loved this present world. So, again, there's, there's are some examples of specific people being marked in the New Testament. Okay? Philippians 3.17 says, Brethren, be followers together of me, and mark them which walk so as ye have us for an example. Okay, so, in other words, mark other Christians that are Christians for an example. Okay? Don't trust in man, okay? But it is good to mark other Christian brothers and sisters as, in, as examples. Okay? Um, and then it goes on to say, For many walk, of whom I have told you often, and now tell you even weeping, that they are enemies of the cross of Christ. That's what this whole starting subject that I'm talking about really boils down to. Being an enemy of the cross of Christ. Whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame. I, I can't think of a better... Um, and the Bible also talks about that in First uh, Corinthians 5, where it says the church was glorying in their shame. There was a man in the church that had taken his father's wife to wed as his wife. Okay, uh, I think it was his stepmom. Hope. <laughs> Hope it wasn't his real mom. But anyway, they were glorying in their shame. And then it, the Bible goes on to say in that particular scripture, turn such and one over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh that the soul may be saved in the day of the Lord. Now I've done a whole teaching on that. Turning such and one over to Satan. That's another thing that never goes on in, in the modern day 501c3 corporate church pretty much. How often have you ever heard about somebody being turned over to Satan? This is somebody that was unrepentant that had stayed in a particular sin, in this particular case it was a sexual sin, and no matter what you did, he wasn't going to change. Well, they finally, they came together, turned such a one over to Satan, for the destruction of the flesh, that the soul may be saved. In other words, let God's chastening be hot upon him, that hopefully this man would be saved. Okay, And then it goes on after that to talk about purging out the leaven. For little leaven, leaveneth the whole lump. In this particular case, the leaven was the man himself. He was bringing in, um, I mean, he had done this abominable thing, and he was in the church. Well, those same demons and devils that motivated him to take his father's wife to wed were in him. And he brought that into the church, and it started permeating into the congregation and started affecting everyone to the point where they all became blind and they, they were glorying in their shame, essentially. Now, I understand Corinthians is regarding somewhat of a carnal type of church. First Corinthians, um, or First and Second Corinthians both. It's kind of a, a, a rebuke, and to a certain extent, of the church. And a lot of the heresies that had crept in. So, you know, leaven also is bad doctrine. 
Jesus Christ said, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, which is their doctrine. Okay, so leaven can come in different forms. Okay, but a little leaven, a little yeast in the dough leavens the whole lump. It doesn't take a whole lot of it. And again, part of the reason I'm warning against this particular man, and part of the reasons I, I, I do warnings on different people. So let's go further here. Uh, but again, the earmark of that is, is whose glory is their shame. Can you imagine saying, I am Elijah the prophet, I am the restrainer, I am Michael the archangel? Is that not glorying in your shame? <laughs> I mean, you're saying you're an archangel? Oh, man. I challenged him before. I said, I said, may the Lord Jesus Christ rain down his fury on me. On me. Not even on him, on me, if what you're saying is true. Let him destroy me. Let him snuff me out tonight. And I meant it. Nothing happened to me. I'm not saying that means I'm Mr. Perfect or know everything, but I know a heretic when I see one. I know apostasy when I see one. And I get righteous indignant when I see it. And when I see it so unashamedly and unabashedly and unrepentantly. Be ye angry and sin not. Righteous indignation is something that I think we're going to have to um, really come to grips with because that's what's coming to America. That's what's coming to the world. That's what's coming to the lukewarm church. God's chastisement and righteous indignation. Going further, Titus 1, 9-14. Holding fast the faithful word as he hath been taught, that he may, may able, that he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and convince the gainsayers. For there are many unruly and vain talkers. Again, I can't imagine being more vain than, than saying you're all these things that he says. For there are many, uh, many unruly and vain talkers and deceivers. Notice they're all lumped together. Unruly, vain talkers, and deceivers. If you're a vain talker, you're, you're most likely also a deceiver. Why would, I mean, your, your vanity is going to promote you, is, is going to propel you into deceiving others. Pride is such a dangerous, dangerous sin. Because unlike being a mass murderer, or unlike being a shoplifter, or unlike being a check forger, or whatever sin you may have, pride blinds you. A mass murderer knows he's a mass murderer. A check fraud artist knows they're a check fraud artist. Okay, A thief knows he's a thief. But somebody who's pride, proud, and I don't mean proud of your country or whatever. I'm talking about pride. Pride goes before a fall and a haughty spirit before destruction. Somebody who's proud doesn't see it. Like this guy, this Daryl guy. They don't see it. It blinds them to the truth. It blinded Satan. Most likely the highest created angelic being ever. The anointed cherub that covereth. But because of his beauty... And because of his merchandise, the Bible says in Ezekiel, he was lifted up. His, his heart was lifted up. I will be like the Most High. Because of his beauty and his merchandise. Merchandise implies possessions. Well, the love of money is the root of all evil. And his beauty, he was proud. It blinded him. 
And he became so delusional in thought pattern that he actually thought he could usurp the throne of God and take over the throne of God. I mean, that's pretty delusional. Well, if it happened to Satan, don't think that it's no wonder that it happens to many, many, many men and women out there. Okay? And that's why the Bible says, take heed lest you fall. Think not more highly of yourself than you ought, Daryl. <laughs> I mean, that's what we, we, we don't ever, ever, we have to humble ourselves under, under the hand of Almighty God. And in due time, we will be lifted up. But humility comes before honor, as the Bible says. So let's read this whole verse again. Holding fast the faithful word as he had been taught, that he may be able by sound doctrine to both exhort and convince the gainsayers. For there are many unruly and vain talkers and deceivers. Now this was back when the Bible was written. Can you imagine how much worse it is now? Especially they of the circumcision, in this particular case of the Jews that were against the gospel of Jesus Christ. They were trying to bring the Jews that had been liberated from the system of the law, from the Old Testament Levitical system of the law, they have been liberated from that. They were trying to bring them back into bondage. Just read Galatians. It makes that abundantly clear that that was what was going on. Whose mouths must be stopped. That's what the Bible says. The Bible doesn't just say, well, just let them keep talking and let them keep spewing heresy and let them keep deceiving other people. Why? Because they're going to take people to hell. If people buy into their bad doctrine, then there's a very, very good chance they're going to go to hell. That was Satan's point to begin with. When he first started working through that individual or that particular false religion, Satan wants to get you into hell. That's why we got to be real careful who we follow what ministries we're following, who we're putting our trust in. Cursed be the man that trusteth in man, and that maketh flesh his arm, and whose heart departed from the Lord. I don't want to see this, this Daryl guy take anybody to hell. I don't want to see Ed Watson do it either. And the Bible talks about that they've made the faith of many shipwrecked, essentially. Okay, And that's what their purpose is, ultimately. They may not even see it. They may be so delusional and deluded and full of pride that they're really, they're really sincere in their belief systems. I don't know if Jim Jones was, was sincere in his belief systems or, or a lot of other cult leaders that ended up, you know, taking their followers to hell or committing mass suicide or whatever. But most likely they were sincere. But, you know, there's that expression, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Well, there's a lot of truth in that. Of course, the intentions may not even be good much of the time. That may just be masked over by the veneer of good intentions. There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Proverbs 14, 12, and 16, 25. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Jeremiah 17, 9. So don't trust your heart. I mean, somebody comes and they're, they're all slick preacher and they're this and they're that and they're real eloquent. Oh, they seem so sincere. Compare it with the word of God. That's all that matters. It is the standard. The King James Bible in the English language is the standard by which we judge things. As, as a born-again Bible-believing Christian. Okay, so whose mouths must be stopped. Do you think that's something we could pray for? I'm not saying we go out and, and, and physically, I don't see any Bible for that. 
But you can pray against false ministers whose mouths must be stopped. Who subvert whole houses. Teaching things that they ought not for filthy lucre's sake. In this case, they're motivated by money or possessions. One of them, even a prophet of their own, said, the Cretans, meaning a race of people in this particular, from the island of Crete, I believe, the Cretans are always liars. Evil beasts. Slow bellies. Oh, so much for not judging. This witness is true. Wow. Now, I'm not saying that there was any of the Cretans that could get saved. I don't think he's saying that either. But overall, as a culture or, or as a sect of people, evidently the Cretans were always liars, evil beasts, and slow bellies. He says this witness is true. He didn't say, no, that's, you shouldn't say that. He said this witness is true. That's judging. That's righteous judgment. Wherefore, rebuke them sharply. So what's the remedy? Wherefore, rebuke them sharply. That's what I'm doing today. Because I'm commanded to do it. That they may be sound in the faith. That's the goal. The goal is not to rebuke them sharply, sharply to create an enemy. Of course, I'm sure that's what I'll do tenfold now. But I, I really don't care because my life's not a popularity contest. You know, as far as me stepping on toes or whatever, if you deserve it and and you're putting out bad, damnable heresies and doctrine, it's my duty to rebuke you sharply. Hopefully that you would become sound in the faith. Hopefully that you would be saved. And then it goes on to say, not giving heed to Jewish fables and commandments of men that turn from truth. Commandments of men that turn from truth. See, the problem is with cults is, is if you start buying in to any of their theology on any level, any of their little pet doctrine theology, the hook is already in. It's like Satan being compared to a camel, and it's, it, if he can get his head in your tent, then it's not a long time before his whole body's in the tent. A little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. This is why you got to be really careful even where you glean from anymore. Because a lot of ministries that you can glean 95% good stuff, there's 5% bad stuff. And it's really tough for me to say, okay, this one and this, I mean, there's, it's something that you need to be in prayer about and, and ask the Holy Spirit to guide you and direct you. Because a lot of times somebody will come to me and say, well, what about this? And it's like, I've never heard of them before. I don't know. I, I don't know whether they're, they're, Sound or whether they're in all kind of heresy, and you need to do you need to do your own research. You know, one thing you can do is if you're not sure, if, or if you're really if red flags are going up, just key in their name or the name of their ministry in quotes, not just the name, but in the name in quotes. That way, it's more specific. And then key in, and these won't be in quotes. Something like heresy, um, exposed, debunked, unbiblical. And see what comes up. See, I like to, when somebody, if, if I'm going to research something for somebody, it's very hard for me to do that anymore. Typically, I will see where do they stand from biblical issues. Because you can look at their the first ten pages of a website and think, well, I pretty much agree with that. And then you get to the eleventh page and realize, you know, they're saying some unbelievable heresy or teaching that. And then you realize, wow, okay. 
I wasted all this time on this particular subject when I wish I would have just known this is where they stand. And this is very similar to this Daryl guy, but he makes it real easy for you because he states right up front, I am Elijah the Prophet. I am Michael Archangel. I am the Restrainer. And then one other title, he also... So you know right off the bat, you're dealing with you know some real serious um, demonic issues here on the part of this man. So let's go further. Titus 3.10, a man that is an heretic after the first and second admonition reject. Now, I have already admonished him on more than one occasion. So, I am rejecting him. In fact, I rejected him a long time ago and then even had mercy on him after that and tried to entreat him and be nice to him. But it doesn't, the thing is, is, is people like this will just burn up all your time if you let them. Okay? I would assume that most of my listeners are very, for the most part, mature Christians and that they're on a knowledge level that most other Christians aren't at. So don't expect the same attack not to happen to you. Because Satan knows who you are. So he will try to put people in your life to just blow all your time, to get you angry and upset about certain things, to get you second-guessing yourself. And again, just come back to the Word of God. He says that I, I haven't done all these things. I haven't done all these things that Jesus commanded. Well, the Bible says a man that is an heretic after the first and second admonition, reject. I rejected him. You know, I turned him over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh, that his soul may be saved in the day of the Lord. That's what I would say about somebody like Daryl or Ed Watson or, or whoever else. Because with those types of people, it does not matter what you say. All that matters to them is if they can get their agenda and their viewpoints clearly communicated to you and that you accept them. And if you don't, they will turn on you like a rabid dog. I've seen it many, many times. This is what's happened here. It's what happened with Ed Watson. It's happened many, many other times with other ministries as well. And this is why I don't yoke myself up with other ministries anymore. Because every time I've done it, I tend to always get burned. And it ends up just burning up all my time. I end up having to, to devote teachings to things of this nature. And really what it boils down to is wasting a lot of time. And that's why I don't... I get into the subject every once in a while just to refresh everyone's memories um, regarding these verses that we're getting into and regarding the day and times we're moving into where deception, heresy, lies, false prophets, false Christs are going to be the norm. This is the norm. What we're talking about today, this is the norm. And it's only going to get worse. Mark 6.11 says, And whosoever shall not receive you nor hear you, when ye depart thence, shake off the dust under your feet for a testimony against them. Galatians 1.6-10 says, I marvel that ye be so soon removed from, from him which called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you, that would pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we, or an angel of heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. Now you can't tell me somebody claiming to be Michael the Archangel, the Restrainer, and Elijah the Prophet is not preaching another gospel on some level, way, shape, or form. Hey, just, sorry, 
I mean, if you're deluded and deceived there, if you're that full of pride and that blinded, there is no way you can be operating in sound doctrine. There is no way. As we said, therefore, so we say now again. Now, it states it even twice here, which really, to add more emphasis onto this, whenever the Bible states anything two or three times, you know really God's trying to drive the point home here. As we said before, so so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that which ye have received, let him be accursed. For do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I yet please men, I should not be a servant of Christ. Amen to that. That which is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of God. That's what the word of God says. Jeremiah 48.10 says, Cursed be he that doeth the work of the Lord deceitfully. Daryl. And any other heretic out there. Cursed be he that doeth the work of the Lord deceitfully. They're under a curse. And they probably don't even know it. I pray to God their souls be saved. I really do. I really pray to God that if it be possible, that their souls be saved. But at the same time, I pray that they not prosper in wickedness. That they not prosper in deception and taking other people to hell. There's so many ways Satan is trying to take people to hell. I mean, there's, there's no, probably millions of ways and millions of people that he is using in order to accomplish that goal. To ultimately get, get them into the lake of fire with him because misery loves company and he wants to take as many people with him as he can because he knows his time is short. Alright, I'm going to go ahead and I'm just going to end that part here because it really is a separate teaching and I'll probably just label it as such, and then I'm going to actually get into the um, the continuation of last week's teachings in the next part. So, God bless you, and we'll see you in the next part.